former San Francisco Chronicle cartoonist Robert Graysmith claimed that he had solved the Zodiac's 340 symbol cipher, but his solution seemed incoherent. The text of Robert Graysmith's message began with a reference to Chronicle columnist Herb Kane and also mentioned San Francisco Police Inspector David Toskey. Herb Kane, I give them hell too. To deed, hell is a clue. There some see a name below. A killer's game is pills, parole, me, cops met to talk to me. Such time. These fools helps me. Mad killer places a mask. Bull S. Alone, pleasured, I'd like to kill. Scared, I eat a pill. Asshole, I plan to harm. Phone, ask. CB sells slaves because all collection either pleased to lie in hell. He's me. Toski the pig leads me. Collects eighth. Some mail. KT. Some people may have believed that Graysmith had deciphered the code, but the FBI was not impressed. On February 15, 1979, San Francisco police forwarded Graysmith's worksheets and solution, and the FBI provided its conclusions concerning the cartoonist's skills as a codebreaker. Based on the information available, it is the opinion of the respondent that the solution is not a valid decryption. The total feeling generated toward the decrypted solution is that the solution has been forced. First, the random-like transposition system permitted the various vowels and consonants to be forced into words. Then, the words were forced into being poetry in an effort to give them meaning. Just about any random selection of words could be arranged to be as logical as those in the supposed poetic solution. It is noted that the initial Zodiac decrypted message was particularly clear as to the meaning Zodiac desired to communicate. When a cryptogram has been decrypted properly, there is an unmistakable sense of rightness about the solution. This sense of rightness is completely absent in the proposed solution. Robert Graysmith later altered portions of this solution and included the second version in his first book. Graysmith claimed that this solution was confirmed by Greg Mellon and Eugene Waltz, both prominent members of the American Cryptogram Association. However, this claim has not been confirmed. Computer programmer David Aranchak of ZodiacKillerCiphers.com talks about the Graysmith solution and others who claim to have solved the Zodiac's 340 symbol cipher. In the 2007 movie Zodiac, former San Francisco Chronicle cartoonist Robert Graysmith solves the Zodiac's 340 symbol cipher. But the FBI files tell a very different story. Why did the FBI reject Graysmith's solution, and why isn't it accepted as a valid solution to the cipher? Probably the main reason they rejected Graysmith's solution was that the method that he used to come up with it produces more than one solution. You can use the same steps 
to make it say other things. And basically what Graysmith did was he came up with a key to the 340, which is the list of substitutions. And then he applied it to the ciphertext and got the plain text. Now the plain text he got was gibberish. So what he did was he looked through the gibberish and maybe saw some things that looked kind of like words. And then he started rearranging the letters so they would look more like words. So he's basically forcing them to look more like words. And at the same time, he's keeping in mind what Zodiac might be saying or what he thinks he might be saying. So he tried to make the words be relevant to Zodiac's interests, like things that he would be talking about in his message. So with enough effort, you can go through this gibberish and manipulate the letters to make them look like words that Zodiac might like or might be using. And so that's what he did. He came up with this kind of like hard to follow message that doesn't make much sense. It's not very grammatical. Mm -hmm. And the FBI in the Zodiac files, there's a letter from the FBI that has the reasons that they rejected it. And, you know, they talk about how the, he used the key that produces the plain text that he did this arbitrary rearrangement of letters on and then uh, interpreted those uh, rearrangements to have some Zodiac related meaning. And the FBI says that th that could be considered a type of transposition, which is even something that they were looking at with the 340. They were attempting to do a transposition of the plain text in order to restore the original message. But what they pointed out was when Graysmith was doing the transposition, the rearrangements were random and totally at his whim. So he's just looking for where he thinks the word might be and, and forcing it to appear by rearranging the letters. And yeah, yeah. And they, they, they basically declared that it was um, that random transposition. This kind of random transposition is exceedingly rare. And it's also cryptographically unsound because it fails to, to yield a unique solution. And they also said that the solution had been forced. And that's a, that's a characteristic of a lot of solutions I've seen because people will get frustrated with using the uh, normal cryptographic methods. And so they'll change the rules of the game and go, well, I'll go ahead and change these steps or sw swap these letters around so that the words that I'm interested in finding will appear. And they get kind of they kind of get um, lost in the weeds because they they think that they're finding a message, but it's actually uh, they're projecting what they think will appear, and it, it it does kind of appear when they do these manipulations. They see what they want to see. They see what they want to see exactly. They'll see messages where there aren't really messages. Well, that seems to be a major problem with amateur code breakers attempting to crack these ciphers from the zodiac people seem to come to it with a preconceived notion about what will be in it. And while that worked for the Hardens because they thought about the Zodiac psychology, there are other people who watch the movie Zodiac and become convinced that Arthur Lee Allen was the Zodiac, and then they go look for Allen's name in the cipher. There was one individual named Corey Starliper who came up with his solution, which named Arthur Lee Allen, and he got a lot of news coverage. He was all over and talking about this. And I even got some angry emails from him when I... Uh, didn't accept that he was correct. And you had some experience with that too. What, what would you say about the Starliper solution? Yeah, he made a lot of claims that didn't pan out when uh, on investigation. If any of these um, reporters had done the smallest amount of fact-checking on his solution, they would have come to the same conclusion. But, but I think, you know, that kind of story is 
you know, outside of a journalist's wheelhouse. They don't go around studying cryptography, so they don't they don't really know, you know, how to vet these claim solutions. You know, they just see that he came up with this really easy to read. You know, I mean, it was a coherent message. It specifically implicates Arthur Lee Allen, and I think it had like it was written from his perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like as if he had written the the plain text message that that Arthur Lee Allen himself had written it and talks about his crimes and whatnot. But when I talked to Corey, I tried to get him to explain his methodology, and he talked about some kind of shifting thing. So basically, he's taking letters, the letters from the ciphertext, and shifting them, you know, where an A becomes a B if you shift by one, for example. And so he was trying to say that there was some pattern to how the shifts were being done. And I tried to replicate that and found that the method failed. It doesn't produce the answer that he claimed. And so I asked him more about that. And then he tried to convince me that he had like a 40-page technical document that he had emailed to the authorities or mailed to the authorities that had all of the details of the decryption method. And um, he said he was going to give me a copy, but he never did. And he just kind of disappeared. So I don't think there was anything to that. If you need 40 pages to describe a shifting technique, then it's probably not right. Because, I mean, sure, the Zodiac Killer may be an insane person that might come up with some insane way of encrypting the message. But I've seen hundreds of insane decryptions of the 340 that people claim to be the correct one. And how do you know which insane method was the one he used if you can't replicate the process or you don't have evidence that that's the process that he used? So that's uh, that's the challenge with a lot of these solutions is, yeah, it makes sense that Zodiac may have done something weird in order to come up with the ciphertext, but you still have to be able to replicate the method to prove that that's what the answer is. You can't just say, well, my crazy method of decoding it is the right one. Well, why is it the right one? Can you use the same method to produce other messages? And that's that's the test that I usually go by. Like, for example, the Graysmith solution, that's a good example of that, because you can take his method and you know get a completely different answer out of it using random rearrangements of the words. You can make it say just about anything that way. And a lot of people don't realize that because they're not technically proficient in cryptography. So they don't have the tools you know, to recognize those problems. And they, they, they fall into those traps because it, it, it starts to feel exciting when you're playing around with the cipher and suddenly you, these words are coming out. It seems like there's um, some hidden knowledge there that's, that's popping out, but it's, it's not. A lot of it is just random noise. And it takes a little bit of technical ability to distinguish the random noise from something that's real in it. So obviously one of the problems is the methods that you're using, your motivations, and whether or not you're looking for something that you think should be there to begin with. And when it comes to people who have claimed to solve the 340 cipher, you were talking about how people can find whatever they want in it. And that seems to be the case with Gary Stewart, who had a book out years ago where he claimed that his estranged father, Earl Van Best Jr., was the Zodiac. And he claimed to have found his father's name in the 340 cipher. Can you tell us a little bit about why that solution isn't considered valid either? It suffers from a similar problem, which is the method that he used can be used to generate other names. So what he did was he found ways to make Earl Van Best Jr.'s name appear in more than one cipher. He managed to make the case that it appeared in all four ciphers. But, But all he did was 
he did like a, a word search thing for the first one for the 408 where he combined the ciphertext with the plain text so he would write the ciphertext on one line and then the plain text on another line and then alternate like that all the way down and then he managed to find where ev best jr the letters in that kind of clumped together in some place in that arrangement and he tried to make the case that that was put there intentionally but you can do a test so if he had put that there intentionally then it's not by chance right so you can test for that by looking for other names and sure enough you can find like hundreds of thousands of other names and words using that method and so you don't have a good way to prove that that was put there on purpose he may have put that there on purpose i'm not conclusively ruling that out but it's exceedingly unlikely because of how easy it is for words and names to appear so even if he did put it there on purpose you can't prove that he did because so many other ones appear and that's that's also what he did in the 340. he took the 340 and he interpreted the symbols to mean different letters based on their resemblance so if there's an upside down v he would treat it as a letter v mm-hmm. um, or he would treat the v as a u which is in fact i think what he did he took the v to mean the u in junior and then he would he went through the columns of the 340 and he would find one letter of Earl Van Best Jr. So I think that's 17 letters long. So it fits in the 17 columns of the 340. So we found one letter from from Earl Van Best in each column. But it's a stretch because the letters don't quite match the symbols. So mm-hmm. he kind of took some liberties in assuming that certain symbols can stand for letters that they don't necessarily resemble. But you can take that same method and find hundreds of thousands of other names and phrases that fit just as well as Earl Van Best Jr. that way. And it has to do with the number of combinations that you can take letters in from the 340 by columns. So because it's so easy to generate names, you can't be sure that his name is the right one. It's a non-unique solution, so it's cryptographically unsound. Maybe Zodiac was crazy enough to do something like that and, you know, we're just going to have to remain in the dark if that's the correct solution. But the fact of the matter is, it's probably not the correct solution, and we can't prove that it is anyway. And that seems to be the problem with so many of these proposed solutions. Right. Yeah. And then because there's so many solutions of that type, you know, I see uh, hundreds of solutions like this every year. People email me all the time, and they comment on uh, different websites, and they come at me on Twitter and <laughs> and mm-hmm. YouTube and uh, a lot of the approaches are very interesting. Some of them are I'm like impressed by the creativity that goes into what they're trying to do to come up with the solutions. But in most cases, they're, the solutions that they're finding are problematic, mainly because of the problem I described. You know, you have to prove that it's a unique solution, that you can't come up with other solutions using the same method. And there has to be some some way to replicate the answer. 